Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. This podcast is an experiment in philosophical conversation, intended to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview creatives from all backgrounds and walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up your next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that looks like. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. Welcome, everybody, to the Art and Life podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos, and with me today is a good friend of mine, Brian Weichel. Brian. Hello. <laughs> what's up man dude not much we're in it we're in it now we are in it we had some serious technical to connect but now we are here so that's that's awesome yes um yeah brian why don't you uh start by telling the humans a little bit about yourself who you are where you're from how you got to where you're at what you do <laughs> cool. Uh, my name is Brian Weichel, uh, originally from Lexington, Kentucky, but uh, I've been living up in Fort Collins, Colorado for the uh, past 20 years. Um, I am a uh, bass player and uh, bartender and creative type. Uh, I do a little bit of graphic design here and there. Um, the current bands that I'm in uh, are Wasteland Hop and uh, the Echo Chamber, and both are based out of uh, Fort Collins. Yeah, they are. Yes, they freaking are. Fort Collins <laughs> is a great place. I was just there last week, and uh, yeah, I love Fort Collins. You love Fort Collins? Oh, I do. Definitely. Uh, um, when I first moved here, I was not uh, playing as much music, but uh, after I started playing and then meeting people that are in the scene out here, uh, there's like so many crazy resources and support. Uh, and especially because venues were shutting down. Like I was way back in the day uh, playing and like venues were shutting down. People weren't really going to shows. And uh, the cool thing was, is just by playing um, the kind of culture caught up and uh, people started thinking that it was cool again. And uh what I've noticed with this town specifically is that uh, there's some really cool, influential people that like music and they're intentionally kind of putting some effort into uh, cultivating a music scene. So, yes, I like Fort Collins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was what do you think was the reason that people weren't going to shows before? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think... Uh, James Brown once said uh, there's like a, a peak and valley kind of rhythm that comes out uh, where people go out to dance uh, for a few years and then people will go out to see live music uh, and it kind of peaks down or it goes down and it go, like goes back up. Uh, so possibly um, it was to do with that where people just uh, this was before rock band, the video game was out, you know, like. Uh, people always knew party like a rock star, things like that. But in general, back in like the the eighties, uh, bands were just crushing it. Like people loved it. Um, and then like the nineties still kind of happening. But uh, I think closer to the two thousands, um, 
that's when the drop kind of popped in. And uh, now the culture kind of, I, I think maybe with people being able to record more and just uh, be a musician themselves, it's more interesting. Um, so possibly that. I could see that. Yeah. So then they can, they because it's like more available to everybody, then they can connect with it better because people are thinking musically and like on their own wavelength with music yes like they're putting themselves in the position of the of the artist and not just uh i don't want to go and pay money to watch someone you know like it it it, uh has produced a a curiosity and there's a cool factor (laughs) yeah and then um go into that a little bit about like what's going on in fort collins specifically because um you know i I make art with you guys. And last time I was in Fort Collins last year, we did a show and that was at Washington's. And it was like the Washington's I remember was this like dingy rundown bar. And now all of a sudden it's this like gorgeous world-class music venue. Yeah. And it's because of who? Um, That would be the Bohemian Foundation. And I believe... Um, the money that's kind of coming into the scene, uh, has come from Pat Stryker. Uh, her family made a lot of medical, um, inventions and this is their hometown. And the cool thing is, is that, uh, one of the sons of hers, uh, he's, he's been a local musician. Um, Chris Love, he's a cool dude. Um, in general, I don't know what really started it all, but, uh, I think if you have a ton of money, then you have to filter it out some way (laughs) or else you get penalized for having too much. (laughs) So, uh, you know, um, what is that? Uh, Philanthropy. Yeah. So you become a philanthropist and that's basically you throw a bunch of money at uh, causes that you think are worthy. Um, So uh, Washington's used to be a turd, little (laughs) dance bar, like... Like, what was it uh, in Super Troopers? Is like, what's, uh, hey, Favre, what's that place with all the shit all over the walls? <laughs> oh, you mean shenanigans. Yeah, it was kind of like that, but uh, worse. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, instead of uh, creating another, like, dance club, they wanted to create a, uh, a music venue. And this place is state-of-the-art. And uh, I've, I've had a lot of friends that they've, initially started their own kind of thing like uh greta Cornette in town she's amazing uh she has been um booking and doing a lot of stuff with uh her organization focoma the fort collins musicians association um and then she uh eventually started working with bohemian and i've, I've kind of noticed that uh, we've got a lot of really powerful ladies that love music in the town and it's um, amazing um but uh like danny grant Greta Cornette, Pat Stryker, um, instead of, you know, trying to get their own territory separately, they, uh, it seems like they're all working together because the goal is, uh, to, you know, see what happens and create like a really cool music scene. So like, like, uh, one, one thing that, uh, Bohemian has done, uh, so they did Washington's, um, they bought that property, they made it badass. Um, the other thing is uh, they created this place called the Music District, and it's been giving uh, local musicians jobs as well as uh, a place to, uh, I don't know, um, create like something, kind of build. You go there, they say, hey, you know, what are you doing? What do you want to do? 
uh, we've got all these seminars that are free that you can just go to. These programs keep popping up and uh, like it's just a daily uh, injection of music and it's it's available where before um, it, there wasn't anything like that. So it's uh, it's just a little bit of everywhere here, but uh, definitely got to send props out to all those badass ladies. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. And what it's doing for the individual musicians in Fort Collins, I'm sure, is like huge because with, without support, without, you know, all those the classes and the courses and then the job and things like that, like music, I'm sure, could just sort of fall by the wayside in people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so then you uh, have been playing the bass for a long time. What? Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that journey? Oh, um, I've been playing the bass for five days. It's really fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. I'm 42, <laughs> and I started uh, playing the bass when I was 15. Um, one of my good friends, uh, Smiley, he, uh, he was just a kid that lived around the corner and uh, came to my sixth grade birthday party. Um, at, at some point in high school, he, uh, he was like, yo, I got a guitar, I got some drums and, you know, me and my brother and some of my other friends would go over there and, uh, we just would mess around on the instruments. And this probably is the case in a lot. Uh, bass is kind of one of those instruments that people are like, I like guitar. I like drums. Uh, bass is one of those where you, I think kind of find out what it is by listening to music and playing it. And then once, once you actually can pick it out and see it, uh, it's, it's a really valuable and, and amazing instrument. Um, so I was in the place of uh, not knowing what it was, but since there was no bass uh, at the house, there was nobody to play that. So whenever we'd start messing around, um, not being very good at any of those instruments. <laughs> uh, if you got a bass, then you could play. So I, I begged my mom to get me a bass and uh, I got a $150 bass with an amp that uh, it was a Hondo two and, and uh, which I, <laughs> it's like lowest of the low. Um, and my bass amp was a speaker that, that said bass amp on it. <laughs> 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 and so that was, it was a uh, really rinky dink, but, um, I started playing with my friends and then uh, got some lessons um, at this little place called Wilcut Guitar in, uh, in Lexington and uh, met a really cool dude, uh, Bill Quinn. Uh, he actually had been working with my dad. Uh, my dad works in the TV department at the uh, University of Kentucky. And so um, looking for lessons, this dude just popped up and uh, it's uh, he was playing in kind of a funky band that was like somewhere in between chili peppers and some other 90s stuff he'd probably hate me for saying that <laughs> he always thought that the chili peppers uh were were kind of lowbrow but <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was super talented um anyway started taking lessons um the first song that i learned was uh alive by pearl jam and uh the bass like starts out with just like a slide down like and it it uh took me like four or five days just to get that beer. <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. So uh, the lessons that I took, basically, I, I just started learning songs. Um, he said, uh, play the blues, learn the blues, because the blues is the foundation of like bass or it's, it's the foundation of rock, funk, like a lot, a lot of modern music. Um, but if you can get the, ba or the blues down, uh, then it's uh, 
really good foundation. So I learned a little blues and then started learning songs. And uh, then eventually uh, started playing a little bit in high school with some joke kind of bands, like for a little, uh, like nothing serious, but uh, for like a little senior talent show, we did something. <laughs> yeah. The band was called Below Me. <laughs> because <laughs> the guitar player was like yeah like blow me <laughs> so that was fun um and uh smiley actually was in that band uh and all through high school we'd just get together uh and just play like we'd play the songs that we knew um it's a lot of pearl jam uh but slowly just kind of we would play stuff that we knew and then we'd kind of improvise but you know, never learned scales, never really had like much of the mathematical aspect. It was more just get together and play. So started doing that in college as well. Um, and then eventually moved out to uh, Fort Collins and joined a group called the Piggies. Um, they were like, we were, we were uh, alt rock, um, but learned a lot in that band. Um, I think it was like four or five years in that, uh, some of our credits were uh, opening up for Ted Nugent at the Bud Center. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, let's see. After that ended, I actually just didn't want to play bass for a long time. Um, it was emotionally just draining. Um, so I uh, disconnected from that. But uh, then a few years later, eventually started playing with a group called the Echo Chamber. Um, our first show was actually down in L.A., uh, my first show with them was down in LA. Uh, they're like, yeah, we're just going to play uh, the rainbow room and uh, the whiskey. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll go on vacation. Let's go do this. So we paid to play, you know, uh, I'm sure if, if there's any musicians uh, listening that live in Cali, you know, the deal <laughs> you, you pay. And then uh, you have to sell a bunch of tickets uh, to pay uh, for, for the gig. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, a few years later, ended up joining Wasteland Hop. Um, and then Wasteland, we just uh, kind of took off. And I was playing with both bands and uh, doing touring and um, writing and just really started appreciating the value that was coming from playing original music with my friends and, you know, earning the, uh, the trust of the audience to play stuff that's weird and, uh, and stuff that, that we liked. So that's kind of where all that went that's me <laughs> that's great yeah that was a great run through so that's that's cool that you say like earn the trust from the audience um there's definitely like a trust level or uh, a level of discomfort that people have when they first hear something brand new i think yes. at least you know and then once you hear it once or once twice three times then you start to like pick up on stuff and when you've heard it a bunch and you know the words then it's a whole different ball game but yeah, yeah so it, like i'm sh i'm assuming that playing a live show especially when you have new music out is sort of like a balancing act between um you know pushing things forward into a place where people haven't heard it before and like pushing into the discomfort and then also like coming back to the comfortable is that right yeah yeah absolutely um especially with new stuff uh, like people they want to hear stuff that's familiar but also new music is so tantalizing uh, so if you're kind of in the know and you realize that going to see a show where it's something you haven't heard on the radio it's because it's new um, 
and then eventually it could end up on the radio possibly, but kind of uh, that perspective. And that, that's a little bit of, of why I think when people weren't going to shows back in the day, um, that's kind of the, the effect is like, they're like, well, if I don't know it and my friends aren't going, then there's not value for me in there. Um, I think with uh, the new culture of people wanting to discover more music perpetually and, and being like the first one to see it, uh, that's when your ears start to prick up and, and give new artists. Uh, there's something special to that. So um, really like the music that we all liked uh, were kind of the offset weird ones, you know, um, especially with echo chamber because we, we would get together and we would just play and then stick with the things we liked and then not put vocals on because uh, we couldn't find the right singer. And, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at writing lyrics and sing, or, you know, like not comfortable singing. So whenever we would play out, we had uh, a lot of um, just instrumental tracks uh, and people, especially with that group, like they're like, I, I like it, I think, but where's the, the vocal? Where's this? So that's kind of what I was meaning more with uh, earning, um, because when people see you for the first time, there's if to me, if, if you're playing stuff that's too familiar, then it's not that interesting because you've heard it so many times and it's safe. But like then they'll start just comparing you to one other band or something like that. And and I just don't I don't think you're doing yourself a service if you're recognizing that you sound exactly like someone, then you as an artist should adapt to that and, and find, you know, be inspired by something. But uh, I really think that if you are inspired by something, the, the best compliment to that inspiration is to change it a little bit uh, when you express it. So you're putting your own personal uh, thought processes through that. Um, so, you know, you could kind of take inspiration from someone, but uh, the best thing to do is, you know, use that inspiration to really make something new. Um, and people will think it's weird at first, potentially. Uh, but after a while you create experiences where maybe if you're selling the music, they listen to it in their car or while they're working or having like a, a weird day. And like, they, uh, just listen to what, uh, you've recorded or they go to the show and like something happens where visually and, and immersive wise, uh, they, get a good feeling from it and they attach to it. Um, if that keeps happening, then that uh, takes away that newness. So then it becomes theirs. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I, I always say like do stuff weird, um, you know, not intentionally weird, but what I've been finding is people want something, but I think if you're passionate and you're really doing it for the right reasons uh, from the things you're inspired by, um, it eventually, will become a wave, uh, your own wave, I guess, instead of writing somebody else's. Right. And it, it's, it's cool. I mean, I'm thinking about art and making art and there's this term, there's this statement that goes, um, steal like an artist. And I'm not sure who said that I just stole it from them, um, without <laughs> giving them any credit, but perfect, perfect. <laughs> but it's like, that's uh i think the beauty of a cover song um or or like when you when artists visually take some visual aspect and then change it uh and it, and it's like that balance that push and pull between the discomfort of the unknown and then the comfort of the known you want to be like there's a sweet spot in there and that like 
that's why covers can have such a like catch appeal i feel like because people are like oh yeah this is that song i used to love when i was a kid but whoa this sounds totally different now that it's played by this band that i love and um it and and like art too like visual art you know you want to be pushing the limits of like what's new and funky and strange and weird but at the same time you don't want to be completely out in no man's land or else uh, you know, you'll be like 10 years ahead of the curve, which is okay. And, and that's what a lot of the best artists throughout history end up being. But um, a lot of times I think they get kind of like lost in obscurity in their own time. Yep. And I'm sure that there's like musicians that are like that. It's not like I was talking with my stepdad this weekend about um, Frank Zappa. And like, I wonder, I mean, he said that in the musical community, he was really well respected. Um, but it sounds like in, in like his time period of the people that appreciate music, he maybe was like, uh, like kind of out in his own world. Do you know much about him? Um, so yes. Uh, Would you agree with what I said or am I? Yeah, no, dude, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, so to answer the, the Zappa question, um, I continually heard that name, uh, throughout especially after the echo chamber stuff because we're a little bit weird we're not you know we're not quite prog we're not quite electronic uh we're not it's somewhere in between but the gist of it was that it's uh it was a little off um so people be like dude you you should check out zappa so i actually saw uh videos of him uh one of his concerts uh, for the first time i think like three years ago and it's crazy it's totally prog it's totally you know like Plus, people sometimes, whenever I have my long hair, they said I looked like him. So they're like, dude, <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But uh, stylistically, though, I had a lot of respect for it. But man, like I, I viewed his music as uh, it's a story. It's not a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's it's a uh, once there was a person doing this and then they did this and then blah, 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 and here comes the thing. And, you know, like so there's not a lot of repetition. Like it was a continual but all the members knew the same story and they were hitting all the points. So it, it kind of like, I think the the same effect occurred when I, I heard the Mars Volta for the first time, um, you know, they're, they're verse chorus, verse chorus, but there's a lot of intricacies that uh, really it's, 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 uh, it's sometimes I'm just like, Oh, too much, too much. Plus those guys are all so good. I'm like, I, I just want to throw my stuff in the garbage sometimes, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I love the, uh, the weirdness of it. There, there was that intentional, you know, Hey, we're making our own place. And the more you do it, uh, you're hoping that people will catch on, but the basis of it, uh, really truly if you're doing it for your own reasons, that's such a beautiful thing. And if people start to, uh, like get attracted to it then that's really cool because you you know you want to be appreciated but uh if you're just doing it for the money if you're just doing it for other reasons then there's no heart so there's a lot of people in their heart that they're just like i don't fit in you know with all this other stuff i need something new and different that makes me feel comfortable uh that is where that has a special place so I don't know. It, I respect any artist that uh, they're doing something kind of off because sometimes that means you're, you're touching on the genius point. Um, but, you know, like not everything is a success and not everything you can attach to. But uh, it's, it's really cool when people are trying, at least, because there's a, a safety in 
and doing something that uh, has already been done, um, which is fine. You could, you know, maybe make a lot of money doing that. Uh, but uh, there's something special about just kind of venturing into the unknown. And I think that people really, uh, they like that. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I feel like when you're going after, after the unknown, what, what musicians, what artists are doing is they're like experimenting with, um, a concept or like a logical um, structure or a mathematical sequence or, or whatever. Um, they're like testing this sort of an experiment um, in, in something like in, in art, let's, you know, I could go after like a, a concept of like repetition. Like what if I do these repeating patterns over and over and then I change them a little bit. And in that, in that setup, I'm not, I guess I am looking at it from the viewer's eyes. Like I want it to look good. Uh, but mostly what I'm doing is I'm, I'm like experimenting with a concept and that's what it seems like, like the Mars Volta, you know, they're experimenting with like a different compositional setup. Like you're talking about, it's like, um, it's cool. It's like you're, they're maybe leaning like 85% into the experiment side and then 15% into the polished outside listener side. Right. It's like, uh, Hey, we're dorky, but check this out. You know, <laughs> um, and to, to kind of touch back on, uh, the doing something familiar. Um, so both, both bands, uh, we, we've been doing our main focus is, uh, um, new music that we've created. Um, first of all, it's, it's so awesome to be able to express that uh, and then look back on it and be like, we made that. Um, and it's, it's really cool. So there's a little bit of personal, just like, I don't care what happens because it's, it's, it's good for me to make. It feels amazing. Um, so with that, uh, we ended up with both of these bands doing covers uh, and they were well-received. Like people were like, Oh, sweet dude. Like, I love that. Um, so with the covers though, we always would do like a little spin, you know, um, I think Weezer with their, uh, Toto, uh, Reigns in Africa, they released a cover and it's like spot on. And that was, a, I think a flex and a, uh, a hats off to Toto, but like, I think it was a flex of their, Hey, we're very professional. We can, we can sound just like them. To me, that's boring. Um, I respect that they made it, but like, there was no you know, personality in there, you know, like if you're going to do a cover, I, I really think that it's uh it's a fun homage, you know, to the, to either you really respect the musician or you just like the song or, you know, you think it's funny, anything, but uh, you should be able to play with it a little bit, like put a twist on it, put a, you know, put a stamp on it. Uh, so like examples of that are uh, the echo chamber did a mashup of uh party all the time from Eddie Murphy and uh ended uh into um you gotta fight for your right to party from the beastie boys so right. <laughs> and then we did like a little punk spinoff on the end uh <laughs> if you're ever curious about that look up the echo chamber party all the time um <laughs> on youtube there's a video um anyway uh then wasteland we did a uh, cover of where's my mind from the pixies and I think a lot of bands play that. It's nice. It's an easy song. Um, but uh, and that actually, I think, was one of the first songs that Wasteland wrote. Um, 
I, I warned the band against doing too many covers because if you're really good at doing covers, then if you end up with a lot of them, then your band, like your uh, originals get covered up. They're, they're like, oh, you're that band that does that one cover. Um, or, you know, like you might be asked to play more shows using the covers uh, and it kind of over, it can potentially overshadow uh, your creative stuff. Um, so the, the cover that we did of Where's My Mind, uh, it starts out like familiar and then immediately uh, we just put like rap into it and, um, you know, uh, our own spin. Basically, it's different. And uh, some people are expecting it and they're like, ah, I don't know, I don't like it. But uh, it's I think it adds value whenever you can, uh, you know, shine it in the correct light, get people's attention, but then uh, show them that uh, you're your personal stamp, you know, people can like it or not, but, uh, I, I want to hear that. I want to, you know, I want to like for the Toto thing, I want to, to hear some Weezer in there just as a mixing of the two bands, uh, not just like a perfect copy. <laughs> no, I totally agree. A hundred percent. I mean, the Weezer one, it's like, I, I have felt that same thing about it before as like, cool, but why don't I just listen to the original if you're not going to do anything to it? Right. And, and then like your version of the Pixies song is so awesome. And one thing that I always say about you guys when I'm describing you is that uh, you have a whole group of very talented musicians that will take, that could take the lead in, in any song. And then you all do it in each song but like so well not like in an overpowering way over each other but like everybody takes it in their own direction and so yeah it's the weezer or it's the um pixie song but it's it's very much yours after the end of it yeah yeah thank you i appreciate that and yeah i'm definitely glad you dig it i know you've heard it you know once or twice (laughs) maybe once or twice (laughs) um why don't you uh Okay, so like the mathematics of music is a really interesting thing to me, and I don't really fully understand it. But why don't you like dive into some of the stuff that is intriguing to you about that? Um, so a beat uh, is something that you count. Um, there's numbers of strings and you know uh, parts of every instrument. Um, the number zero uh, is very amazing number to throw into uh, a mix um and what i mean by that is uh when you're playing music um arrest like it, it creates dynamic um i personally is that like a negative space type thing yes okay. um the further i uh get into my music career um i've always valued improvisation the creation side of music um and like i said i i really haven't studied that much uh, as far as um theory or uh even structure of music it's it's something that i think because because of the way i i started out just trying to do blues riffs and learning a few songs uh like popular songs i en- ended up with this internal clock where I don't count it, but I know when the, the change is coming, you know, after four, it's dun, 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 okay, next. Um, this uh, has allowed me to, to really create a space mentally and just physically when I'm, when I'm playing, um, I can hear something and then I just kind of move a little bit and then uh, start trying to find notes. Um, 
and then adding a few things. So <laughs> this has also caused, uh, because I haven't pursued uh, theory and things like that, the mathematics to me um, are very, uh, like, I don't like doing taxes when I'm playing. I, I like to immerse myself and uh, not count. And, you know, even the, the, <laughs> the parts where uh, if we're playing music that is in, uh, in an odd time signature, um, that's basically uh, like instead of the one, two, three, four, go one, two, three, like it'll be like one, two, three, dit, dit, dit. like I, <laughs> I know this sounds silly, but instead of counting um, whenever I'm about, whenever my mind is telling me that I should go to the next part, if we're doing something in a uh, mathematically different time signature, I will tell myself no, like, okay. Uh, and then wait, okay, now. So that creates the space. Um, so yeah, as far as the mathematics, uh, if, if you could explain that to me, how it affects you, that'd be great. But honestly, um, you know, like I, <laughs> I hate uh, to divulge the, one of my kind of flaws or strengths. Um, I just really go by feel and uh, do what I like. And it has somehow worked out in my favor. So I keep doing it that way. Um, I, I do value knowledge and always joke about like increasing your Kung Fu, you know, so Kung Fu is uh, whatever your style, like Mantis style or, you know, whatever, like if you're really good with the nunchucks or whatnot. Um, and music, uh, every little tool that you have can, you know, be your Kung Fu and uh, always be trying to increase it. You know, that's great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if, if, uh, mathematics work, do it, if it, if it makes sense. Uh, but for me, um, I like the, uh, if, if there is mathematically something odd and I attach to it, that's great. If there's mathematically something that is perfectly balanced and I attach to it, that's also great. Um, so yeah, that's my take on mathematics and music. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's cool hearing you say that because I've watched you guys play so many times and I feel like watching you play, you're very intuitive with it. Like you, you'll close, you're not looking at a, a, a like book of music. You close your eyes and you just like get into it and rock out. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it, it definitely reminds me of like, I don't know, like a, like some funky shit, you know, like, <laughs> like james brown like that like all kinds of really like classic good music that where people just rip and uh <laughs> yeah dude yeah. i appreciate that like and and that's part of it as well um playing music on that uh platform of expression where i've gotten to the point where i've learned some fundamentals and by playing with people and kind of spitballing where i'm staying on like the root notes sometimes i get lost and i'll i'll ask you know where like what note is that what, what you know where's that one uh sometimes where my hands naturally go uh creates an interesting note where if i was reading if i was going by the book it's like no 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 that's not supposed to work like that um these patterns that my my fingers have have found that usually work uh have kind of for one, it kind of has held me into a smaller space where I, the one thing I don't like uh, when, when seeing other musicians is uh, overplaying. Um, you can flex what you know 
and then try to like rip all these big scales and all these other things. And like, I think that's great. Uh, but like jam bands and things like that, where they're just riffing and riffing and riffing, um, I find value in just keeping it, you know, the basic, uh, and then expanding on that a bit, you know, like you want to kind of have different courses in the meal. And it, especially as a bass player, um, you cannot just be like running all over the place. Uh, so a little bit, the fundamentals that I enjoy, uh, keeping it simple and then kind of adding is, uh, is where I like to go. And always, you know, if somebody's using a, a, an interesting pedal or playing the bass in a different way or, you know, I, I really value people that just hold it down. Like every fill, uh, you don't need to just like go off and do, you know, like do what is good for the song. And I really think if, if anybody is playing with other people, if you are vibing on what's going on uh, and you're creating something interesting to everyone, then you will eventually get to a point where you are creating good music uh, because you're... Um, respecting the song and what's happening so that's uh that's kind of how i interpret things yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i mean you're a team you're part of a team and if one person's like completely overshadowing the rest of the team um you can feel it i mean sometimes in a team setting one person needs to step up and take the take the lead and like rock it yeah you know, like a basketball team Sometimes you got to score 50 points and win the game. But a lot of times, like if you're just doing that all the time and you're just showboating, it's probably, it's a whole different thing. And yeah. it sounds like that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. We, we say it's uh it's like jacking off. It's like, it's fun for you, but it's not fun for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It needs to be a, a group, <laughs> group encounter. <laughs> and, and really, you know, like if, if you, like music um and and you know that a song uh can be something especially collaborating like that's something magical that happens and to honor that process uh kind of stepping back sometimes really allows a lot of space and it it helps to create something really really strong so if you're if you're looking for that and and then you're like seeing that oh shit we made some really cool stuff um that's kind of the intent you know like but if you're just literally just trying to you know show people what you can do then you're not trying to really participate or like make a song so i don't know like i always especially if i get stuck i just like step back and listen and i think i i really enjoy sometimes going super minimal um, I think that the further you get in any artistic endeavor, um, you learn all these different things and you want to, you know, it, like mess around with it and, and be like, oh, look how good I am. But uh, I really think the further you get into it, uh, pulling back and just keeping it real simple, like two notes, three notes and just see what what occurs. Um, that I think is a is a I, I, I think that's a very seasoned skill that uh if i see a professional musician and they're up there and they're just really hitting just these really in intentional you know minimal kind of areas then I, I definitely give a lot of respect to that um if you if you listen on the radio um especially for musicians a lot of songs just have a few little parts and then some songs some really popular songs you don't notice it but it's the exact same thing over and over and over and, you know, some songs have a bridge, which is a, a different 
part uh, than the main part that starts the song. Um, and then some songs just don't have that bridge. Like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, I cannot right now, but uh, next time you're listening, anybody, um, especially musicians try to like see if uh if you can find a song that just doesn't have a bridge and then ask yourself if why do you like that song or if you do like it um so try minimal stuff uh that's uh you know you can always learn more and more and more but uh learning restraint i think is uh, such a valuable skill yeah okay i like that yeah and in the world of uh of art i feel like there's you can definitely get carried away in the technique or the technicality of it, uh, and which is almost like the equivalent of just showboating and making things way more complex than they need. But, you know, I, I think at, at least with every art piece, um, what what could be asked is like, what's the intention of the piece? And and from there, then, you know, the technicality gets dictated. And so and, and then also the composition and the way things are carried out, like, you know, is this about, you know, doing something at the, like the, the most sharp level that you want, then perfect. Like hyper realism is the thing, or is it about the raw emotion? Then hyper realism isn't going to be the thing. Then it would be the wrong thing. Right. And each have their place, yep. but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love me some of the minimal. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I do want to, I want to say two things before we switch gears. One thing is that uh, I've heard people say that when you're, uh, when you're dancing at a show and if you ever get lost on the beat, what you should do is look at the bassist. And then <laughs> if you dance along with them, you will connect with the music. <laughs> that <laughs> Have so, you heard that? Um, no, uh, I would, I would say that usually that's probably a good way uh, to, to do it. Um, but I've been told that I look like a drunk robot, um, <laughs> like to the point where uh, one of my friends, she gave me some moonshine uh, before I went on stage. And she, and you've seen me play like I like just I like to get loose and, and my body just does what it does while I'm playing. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I basically have told people I just don't care. I'm not, like I'm literally not trying to look cool. And, and that comes out very strongly, I think. Um so what I'm saying is my movements uh, could be on beat, but my movements also are kind of staggered and, and you know, sporadic a bit. Uh, so I, I would like to think that I'm on beat, but I think most of the time I'm kind of swaying around and, you know, like sticking my legs out like Elvis and like, a, you know. Yeah, you the... do have like a little bit of a Elvis or like a zombie. Like a zomb <laughs> if if Elvis came back as a zombie and then put some shades on and played the bass, it would be very similar to you. Yep. I like to like get on my tiptoes and then just kind of lean on one side <laughs> and then uh and then use the headstock of the bass uh, to kind of like wander around for a little bit. Um but that, you know, like uh that looks weird. There's a thing where it's uh it's like, oh my God, like, what, what is that? And I enjoy expressing myself that way and I keep doing it. And as long as I don't mess up the bass, uh, I, I find it, you know, if you're expressing yourself, um, put on a show, like if you're doing a show, put on a show, you know, like I don't choreograph anything, but like that just shows that I'm into the music and I'm feeling it. And, uh, you know, if you keep doing it, then it's like, oh yeah, cool.
cool. Uh, he's fine. And that's look, look at that. Look at that. You know, like, um, you know, the ladies don't come up and they're like, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like it's, it creates an effect and it's, uh, it's just kind of how I move, I guess. <laughs> well, and you get, you're all in, like you, I, you can feel it. And when you're at a show and the people on stage are all in giving their all, then as somebody who's watching it, you can feel more free to dive all in and really enjoy it. Yes. And, uh, yes. and like on tour with you, as the tour goes on i feel like you get more and more into the shows and, oh yeah and everybody does but like you specifically and by the end you're like just just ripping it <laughs> it's awesome Dude, yeah i feel the same because uh, there's always that adjustment period at the beginning where a lot of places we go we uh we rent our gear and uh shout out to marty severin out in uh, alaska he's he's been such an amazing asset for us up there um Every time we get new gear uh, and every time, you know, we, we get together to play, like we, ideally we try to practice for like a couple of weeks at least before we go. But nowadays everybody is uh, like scattered and uh, busy. So we're, we're shaking off the first few gigs uh, just as far as like how it sounds and feels and, and, you know, the repetition of it. But uh, then as we go, every show something cool happens and we start really getting into uh, knowing where to dial in our, our uh, instruments ourselves, like the placement on stage, the, uh, the kind of the grind of it and the, the, the amazing aspect of like trusting each other and being like, okay, you're doing this next sweet. We're going to accentuate it. Um, and then there's that sweet spot where uh, it, it becomes automatic. And so then you can really play with it where, you know, like, one part of the song there's a, a stop and then uh everybody's waiting for us to start back up but instead of starting i just like linger and then like look around just to mess with the other people in the band and then when we drop it, it <laughs> everybody's a little bit more engaged uh, or caught off surprise you know cut by surprise <laughs> um but that makes you know if it, if it goes well uh we're testing it and increasing the um the 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 how can i say this it's the fun value the uh the like raw liveness the the we're playing with it we're we're enjoying ourselves kind of thing where it's like that i you know i'd always want to translate where without the the fans coming we would not be able to perform that way and if we're not performing that way then we need to figure out how and uh we together we just uh build you know and so i love i love being able to like just have fun with that and and show that uh it's not just a one two three let's go it's like hey like this is a random experience let's let's look at each other and give that nod of like oh yeah you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like it totally i can see it you guys get in flow it's awesome um okay the, the other thing that i was going to say before we switch gears is that uh the echo chambers music is so awesome. It's like so funky and experimental and I Thank love you. it. And like that tour where we were in the Northwest from San Francisco to Bellingham uh, and both bands were on tour together and you were playing in both shows. Was <laughs> awesome. the, the mountain shark tour. Yeah, dude, I, I agree. That was, uh, that was me kind of like, I, I never ran out of energy doing that because it was, each band is so special um, and having all my friends and all the bands that I, you know, was playing with uh, 
yeah dude I, I agree man that was that was some real deal fun stuff yeah <laughs> all right now we're gonna switch i'm gonna ask you a couple questions here sounds good all right so uh if you could go back in time and uh go and run in and talk to yourself from like 10 to 15 years old what advice would you give to a young brian <laughs> um music wise um the advice that i would give is never ever ever leave your bass in an unlocked car after you <laughs> play a show <laughs> um i had a bass that was stolen um it was a modulus um and uh basically the company stopped making bases. Um, I, I haven't been able to find the same base ever since. Um, it was a personal thing, uh, but it was a moment of kind of stupidity. And uh, that's one thing I, re- I regret is um, playing a show, coming home, leaving my, my very prized possession in a uh, vehicle that was unlocked. Uh, so yeah, I would tell myself, um, make sure you get that base inside. Uh, any any uh, musician have have a bunch of fun at your shows, but always know where your instrument is, and then pack it up and lock it up, and then have fun. Don't uh, kind of wander around. Um, so anyway, uh, that I, I I would say that is the main advice. Um, and then as far as like art artistic endeavors, um, man. Um, the 10 to 15 year old, I, I really appreciate the, the journey that, that ended me up in Fort Collins, meeting these people, playing music, meeting you, Taylor. Uh, I, I wouldn't have much advice because the path that I took during those times led me to here. So I, I would just kind of like not go back to then um, because I was enjoying it then. And uh, that, that's what gave me the, the skill set to enjoy it now. Um, but yeah, but just <laughs> be aware of your equipment. <laughs> oh, yep. Oh, can't get those things back. No, I, uh, I lost a leather jacket that I got in Italy when I studied abroad once it just like up and disappeared. And, uh, I wish I could change that in my life. So you, you had an emotional, you know, that was an artifact from your past and that, you know, somebody's wearing it somewhere. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll bet they look freaking great in it too. If so if anyone bitch. if anyone ever sees a modulus <laughs> four string jazz that is black with a tortoise shell pick guard that was custom made with a Genesis neck, um if you see that in a pawn shop, you let me know. <laughs> because I I've, I've actually talked to the the owner and uh one of the main um techs or designer guys at uh at modulus and they sympathized with my story and uh offered me um, an opportunity to buy the same type of base from the owner's actual personal collection um but uh he wanted three grand for it and probably now he he would like more even if the offer might not even be open but uh i highly recommend that company those guys are amazing um and if anybody wants to get me a modulus base i'll pay you back when i'm famous <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect um all right here we go next question if everything could go perfectly what does your life look like in five years and uh 
or what does life look like in five years? And this could be a personal thing for you, or if you want to go big scale with the world or somewhere in between, go for it. Ooh, so perfectly, I've, I've learned to not expect perfection. Uh, I kind of thrive on it. Um, I'm, I came from a big family. I, I, I don't, uh, I don't want things to be perfect. Uh, there's a special place where you're not learning. You're not, you know, you're not being challenged, I guess, uh, in the right ways if everything is perfect. So I don't want things to be perfect, but, uh, as far as things that could be pretty cool, um, I would say in five years, if I am still healthy, still playing, uh, you know, finding more opportunities to, to collaborate, uh, still valuing my time and still valuing uh, opportunities to help other people um, do similar things or learn from my mistakes or um, add value to their life personally. Um, anything with that aspect, that'd be amazing. Um, I don't know. Like I don't, as far as big ideas, I would love to invent something or, or find a niche for, for uh, expressing myself that, uh, that, you know, financially could, uh, give me some balance. Cause I, I literally am back at ground zero after, uh, having a house out here and, uh, you know, wading through not paying my mortgage for five years and <laughs> magically coming out of the, you know, other side without a huge amount of debt. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, right now the, the future is wide open and doing something like this, I think is amazing. Um, I don't think I've really totally tapped into uh, pursuing art as much as I would like to. So maybe um, to be a, a fully functional, um, cool guy doing cool stuff uh, and uh, finding ways to really travel and affect people in a good way and be an honest, amazing human being. Nice. Yeah. And you definitely have artistic skills. You have the graphic design element that you bring and all the, all the graphic stuff for Wasteland Hop is done by you? Uh, not all, but like 90%. Oh, okay. Yeah. You do You do uh, some, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've done the painting stuff. You, you've done album covers. We still yep. need to collaborate on a t-shirt. Yeah, we do. Okay, let's do it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I guess curiosity-wise, you remember uh, the Mars Mantis uh, ear jewelry? Yeah, um, that was something where I I was a dental lab technician for years, um, like 15 years, and I was casting precious metals, uh, making little creations that were glued into people's heads. <laughs> um, I, I eventually started taking molds of people's ears and uh, making custom fit ear jewelry. Um, I, I haven't done that in a very, very long time, but uh, I I would be curious to, to get into that again, uh, just as far as uh, seeing how far the idea could go, um, you know, using CAD cam, things like that, instead of just uh, slapping uh, some goop on somebody's ear and making a stone model. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, that would be interesting. But uh, ideally, yeah, like I, I really I'm, I find a lot of pleasure uh, being at the place that I'm at now where I know for a fact that I've pursued music in a positive way. Um, the creative, um, the creative, 
love that I've gotten uh, from making something, building good friendships, uh, being challenged to record, being challenged to create, uh, the, the networking, the very cool people that I've met along every path that's come from uh, creating music. Uh, it's, it's so valuable and precious to me. Um, I really just, uh, I know in the next five years, I'll look back and know that I have not, uh, you know, not, I've, I've not held back as far as, uh, trying to play it too safe because the value is, is huge. Yeah. So as long as I can yeah. keep that, I'll, I think I'll be all right. I love it. Yep. Yep, I think you are going to be all right. Just keep on ripping. <laughs> um, all right, well, I got one last question for you, and then we got to gotta cut out here kind of soon. What's uh, your definition of art? Um, art, my definition of art is a fart without the F. <laughs> no. Um, it's, so, so it's, um, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> No, um, I'm, I, I, I view myself as a creative individual. Um, really strong art is an expression that causes a conversation. It helps someone uh, convey a, uh, emotion, a connection. Um, really good art has a lot of intent in it. Uh, I really feel that a lot of the art uh, that I've created or been a part of has uh, evolved from creative processes. Uh, so... As far as the intent, uh, my brain doesn't want me to say what I've been doing is, is technically art. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is art, I really think in, in the best way is, uh, is it's an expression. And uh, if you, it, it can relate, it, it can add empathy to any situation um, because with good art, you have people that... Uh, have an idea an emotion possibly a perspective and they create and then uh if people can uh see the emotion and and get a perspective out of that i think that that's that's good art mm, nice yep and it is also a fart yeah without it uh, yep. express yep. it huh? yeah 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 like a fart <laughs> is art i get that i like that a lot <laughs> um okay where can people connect with you um so my bands are uh the echo chamber um and wasteland hop and uh they can look for us uh on facebook and uh our wastelandhop.com um the echo chamber band at uh facebook um me personally, I'm on Instagram. It's Bri Wyke, B-R-I-W-E-I-K. And uh, that's one of my strange weaknesses is uh, my social uh, media is not like super strong, but uh, you'll see some weird little pictures. And, you know, if you've listened to this, maybe you can be like, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's weird, but interesting. Um, <laughs> and if you want to check out uh, potentially the uh, some of the things I created with um, metal, um, you can check out Mars Mantis uh, on Facebook. I haven't I haven't added anything to that in probably ten years, but uh, it's it's kind of an interesting concept. So uh, yeah, I think yeah, face Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, also, real quick, uh, I opened up a uh, bartending company. Um, we're called Let's Pour. 
And uh, you could look us up on Instagram. It's uh, let's underscore poor. Um, and uh, once COVID kind of settles down, maybe, uh, and you have an event, you know, let me know. Love it. Dude, that sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, once that all settles down a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Brian. Well, what... Uh, what is like one last piece of wisdom you got for these humans that listen to this podcast? Um, last piece of advice is uh, don't judge yourself too harshly. Be along for your own rides and, uh, you know, make your own path. And uh, the, the, that type of journey is very abstract and uh, can be lonely. Uh, but if you're being yourself and, and allowing yourself to express uh, and, and kind of mess with things, then the value is huge. And uh, I always recommend just uh, allowing yourself that space. See where you end up. Dude, and that is where the magic lies. I love it. Yeah. All right, Bri. Well, uh, yeah, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Dude, thank you for having me. This was really cool. Yeah, yes, it was. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Bye. Welcome to you, my creative friend. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Art and Life. I'm Taylor Gallegos. And today with me is Brian Weichel. Now, Brian is the bassist in the band Wasteland Hop. Wasteland Hop are good friends of mine. They're from Fort Collins, Colorado. They've been making music for, I don't know, like 10 years now. They've got a bunch of albums on Spotify that you can check out. I've been on tour with them to Alaska a bunch of times, around Colorado, around the northwest of the United States. It is always awesome. Um, They're a wild, funky, creative bunch, and they make original effing music. Um, Yeah, they put together all these really cool instruments, and, and, uh, and everybody's a really talented musician, and they build their their songs they compose them together uh through this like really neat collaborative process so um yeah it's really fun to be around and i i love being part of it as an artist i do live painting on the side of their stages during their shows and it's just this sort of like beautiful creative monster that blobs through wherever we go and (laughs) it's a blast um but yeah brian plays the bass and he rocks that out and he's got really fun perspectives and gets really philosophical at times and um the guy can throw down he can really throw down he's really fun to watch on stage uh especially as the tour continues and grows and he he just dives a hundred percent in and uh yeah he's great so without further ado mr brian weichel So that, my creative friend, was Brian Weichel. Brian is a freaking gem. Brian, Brian is one of my favorite people. He's so awesome. He's a genuine human. And if you hang out with him in a musical sense, you can just feel the intuitive abilities that he's got. Um, he's just got this, um, this like deep musical understanding that is in a really unique wavelength, a unique 
um, frame. And yeah, it comes through in the music. It's it's really fun. We've been on tour together. I've been I've been on tour with Wasteland Hop multiple times, and um, we always just have a great time. Brian is just he's just there. He's fully present and wants to to make it all work. And yeah, it's great. Check out Wasteland Hop on Spotify. They've got a bunch of albums on there, a bunch of different songs. Brian's playing the bass on all of it. And yeah, follow him on Instagram, reach out, connect, say hi, ask him any questions that you might have about music or anything. He is at Bry Wyke. That's B-R-I-W-E-I-K. And uh, yeah, reach out to me. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know what kind of creative things you're doing. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Do you like this podcast? Are you getting anything out of this podcast? I definitely am. (laughs) If nobody else is, at least I am, because I freaking love interviewing people and having these amazing conversations with uh, old friends and new friends. And there's just so much talent out there and so much creativity and so many ways that people are bringing beauty and positivity into the world. And that's my that's my jam. I want to showcase all that. So Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you, you know, want to subscribe and share it out to your friends, I would appreciate that even more cuz uh yeah, that's the whole thing. Let's just like move this whole world from negativity towards positivity through creativity. <laughs> I like that. All right. Cheers.